Hey there, friends, and welcome to episode 181 of Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. So today we're going to jump into a conversation talking about the difference between two statements. The first one being, I need to fix myself or I need to be fixed versus I choose to support myself. We're going to talk about why those two things are actually very, very different and why they will probably lead us to take some slightly different actions and do it through a very different lens. Hi, and welcome to Self Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self kindness. We'll look at the ways self kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So, how are you, friends? I hope you're doing great. Full disclosure, this is actually the second time that I've recorded this episode. I recorded episode 181 about a completely different topic, and then I decided, you know what, this feels more uh, like present for me right now, and I want to do a different episode. So here we are recording this again. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this topic today is because I posted basically those two statements on uh, social media, on Instagram, and it kind of like auto-populates to Facebook. And somebody put a comment on my Facebook post saying that they didn't agree with me, which is totally fine. I actually don't have any need for everybody in the world to agree with me on anything that I say or everything that I say. Uh, I throw it out there more as food for thought. Um, and this person didn't say they didn't agree with me in like a, a not nice way or anything like that. It was just like, hmm, I don't think I agree with this. This is my thoughts. And so in responding to that comment, I... I guess dove down a little bit of a, like, how will I articulate my thoughts with more clarity kind of hole, kind of good hole to fall down. Cause it's always lovely to think more deeply about these things and think about like, what is the nuance and what is the the reasons why behind some of this stuff? And so I write, wrote quite a lengthy response, not trying to get him to uh, necessarily agree with me, but just to articulate my reasoning and my beliefs with a little bit more clarity. So I thought I would jump on and share all of that with you. Um, as a little bit of an update, for those of you listening to this podcast episode, I have started recording these episodes for YouTube as well as these kind of like normal audio only podcast uh, channels. And it is really different. It is really quite odd how much of a different activity it feels like when there's a camera in my face. Um, now I'm not, not used to being on camera, right? I I'm on camera all the time doing videos for the self kind hub, doing presentations, doing all these things. So being on camera doesn't make me feel uncomfortable, but having done 181 episodes, so I guess I did like 178 episodes without the camera, it just feels completely different. So if you notice a difference in the way that I'm speaking or anything like that, I think that I'm going to have some teething episodes where I'm just figuring out like, how do I how do I be present to both the audio and the visual in this scenario? Because it's actually very different. A podcast to me for such a long time was this very kind of intimate way of, of being in your ear, right? Like going for your walks with you or spending time with you in the car. Um, and being visual at the same time as being audible is, is quite odd. It feels really strange. Um, it's also just started absolutely thundering with rain outside. So I don't know if you can hear that. And it made me think about uh, the fact that 
you know, sometimes we want to do these things. We want to try these new things. We want to change what we're doing. And there really is a period of discomfort that comes with that. There is a period of like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know. This just feels different. This feels unusual. So, you know, just uh, uh, an example, I guess, of a period of, um, you know, like an example of here is some resistance that I'm experiencing and I'm going to show up and I'm going to, you know, to see how this evolves. So anyway, thank you for your patience. Um, So let's talk about these two statements. The first statement being, I wish I could fix myself. I need to be fixed. I wish someone else could fix me. I actually mentioned in the last solo episode, so episode 179, uh, that that used to be my wish, right? I wished for so many years that somebody would just come and fix me, that they would fix the anxiety that I felt so intensely every single day that they would fix my self-loathing, that they would fix my aches, that they would fix my physical and emotional pain. And like that didn't happen. (laughs) Spoiler alert, it doesn't happen, right? Um, So that's the first statement. I wish I could be fixed. I, I feel broken. I know they're different statements, but that's the first vibe, right, of the statements. That, that rain, can you hear that? Hear that? I don't know. It's so loud. Um, and then the second one being I choose to support myself. Now, these are two very different statements and they both lead us towards change. They both lead us towards either behavior change or emotional sort of change, changes in our thinking. Now, when it comes to physical aches and pains and anxiety, they're going to be the two kind of things that we we focus on in this um, in this episode. It's really easy to feel like our body and our mind are broken and letting us down because we feel that way, and so it's really natural to be like, "Oh, I need to be fixed. I am somehow incomplete, and so therefore I need to be fixed. Someone needs to put me back together because I feel broken." Now, underneath that belief that we need to be fixed is a belief that we are broken because if we weren't broken, we wouldn't need to be fixed, right? We wouldn't have that language. And one of the things that I want to really point out about that belief of like, I am broken and I need to be fixed is that it suggests that having anxiety, that having aches, that having pain, having discomfort is the incorrect response of our body like that our body and our mind are doing something wrong. And I want to put it out there that perhaps your body and your mind are actually responding appropriately to what they're experiencing. Now that may be like, you might be sitting there thinking, yep, totally get that. Totally agree with you. That is where my mind goes as well. Or you might be like, I'm sorry, what? what exactly are you saying right now? You're telling me that pain is like a good thing for my body to be feeling. Anxiety is like an okay thing for me to be experiencing. And I think that, you know, my belief is very much that the body doesn't make any mistakes, right? Like in the sense that um, it is always working for us. Is it always giving us the outcomes that we would prefer? No. But when we're experiencing aches and pains and tension and anxiety, we can look at it as this, you know, adaptive, intentional response from our physiology, from our body, right? We feel threatened by the world and therefore we tense up and we tighten. We feel 
um, threatened by the world and the possibilities of the future. And so we feel anxious. We feel uncertain about our own capacity and capability to cope. And so we feel anxious. So those responses of discomfort physically and discomfort mentally are like normal human responses to to life, right? And I think if we take that perspective, then when we think about like, this is uncomfortable and I would like to change how this feels, it's not a question of like, what is broken that I can fix, but instead what part of me requires support so that my body and my mind can do like they're, you know, so they don't feel that same need for protection. So the the flip side of, of that idea of that statement, like I need to be fixed is how can I support myself or I choose to support myself or I choose to seek out support because a body and a mind that feels supported, that feels rested, that feels capable, you know, will experience probably less tension, less pain and less anxiety. And I want to be mindful that if you are not in agreement with me, that I'm not coming across as this being an absolute, right? So I said at the start, like, I'm actually not here. I didn't say this, but I'm going to say it now. I said at the start that I, you know, don't need everyone to agree with me. And that is hundred percent true, but I'm also not here to convince anyone of anything. That's just not something that I'm particularly interested in doing. Rather, I want to provide food for thought, right? And you take it, chew over it, see how true it feels for you. Take the parts that make sense to you. Take the parts that fit the way that you want to experience life and leave the rest. That's okay. I think that when we start to center ourselves as the expert in our life, that we get to then be able to like to be able to filter the information that we get through that lens. Most of us don't walk around believing that we're the experts in our own lives though. We're we're not taught that that is true, and yet we are. You know, I have great faith in every single human's capacity to to grow and to shift and to experience their own uh, self-understanding and to have the resources within them to do whatever it is that they want and need to do. But I also don't think that we've been raised and conditioned to really believe that that is true. And so it's a process, right? It's a process of, of learning our own resources, of seeking out support so that we can find them. Um, so let's talk about how (laughs) the cats come. You can all say hello to Cookie. This is the nice thing about video. If you're watching on video, you now get a visual of the cat who I think was about to try to maybe stop pushing, push the non-record button. So we might just let him go. The dog's also sitting beside me, but you can't see him. Um, so let's talk about change when it comes to these two things, because I think that that's sometimes one of the uh, what's the right word? Like protests or like objections, right? Around this idea of, you know, if I choose support, I'm never going to change. Or if I choose to like accept things as they are, I'm never going to change. And here's the, here's the reality, right? You can move towards change through a lens of I'm broken and must be fixed, 
or you can move towards change through a recognition of my body is working for me. How am I going to support myself, my body, my mind to move towards what it is that I want? And both of those things lead to the potential of change, but the pathway and the the feeling that comes with that is going to be very different. Because the message that we're sending to ourselves when we say, I'm broken and I really want to be fixed, is that we are broken. We are somehow incomplete. We are somehow in this moment not fulfilling our, our humanness, right? But the reality is that because we, are, because we feel like that, we actually are kind of living out our full human experience. So if we instead are saying, okay, my body is working for me, I am going to do my best. Um, I'm going to, to make choices and move towards what it is that I want when I am seeking to support myself rather than to fix myself, then we still move towards change, right? Because some of us don't probably have any desire to change, right? You might have zero desire to change, which in which case, great, cool. But if we are seeking change, whether it be in our behavior around movement or mindfulness or meditation or self-care, whether it be wanting to experience less anxiety, whatever it might be, if we are trying to move towards change, we can absolutely do that through that lens of self-kindness, which is what we're talking about by choosing to support ourselves rather than choosing to see ourselves as broken and in need of fixing. So I'm actually going to pull up um, my post because I'm sure I said more that I am forgetting. Okay, so just took a quick look to see if I had said anything else that I wanted to share and it looks like I have mostly covered it. But let's talk a little bit about if we were to choose that second way, right? We We were to choose to look at it as I choose to support myself to move towards what it is that I want as opposed to believing that I need to be fixed. What might that look like? Because, you know, it's like, okay, I can choose to support myself, but I still don't know what I need. Because I think that that's often the thing with feeling like we want to be fixed. And this was definitely my experience. I had no idea, no idea what I actually needed. Like no idea. Someone could have said to me, you know, anything you need, I will provide that. And I would have been like, I don't know. I literally do not know what I need. All I want is for someone to fix me. All I want is for someone to give me the answer. Now, nobody still has, right? We're many, many years past that moment and still nobody has been able to, you know, offer that thing that would have made me feel fixed or made me feel whole. And so instead of looking for that sort of magic formula or whatever you want to call it, it's recognizing that Choosing support is actually a little bit effortful in the sense that we, it will not be the default, right? So in the situation of perhaps experiencing aches, pain, discomfort, you might already be doing a lot of things, right? You might be seeing a physiotherapist, you might be seeing a massage therapist, you might be doing yoga, you might be doing all of these things. And so you might be like, how am I going to choose more, right? Like, how am I going to do more stuff? How am I going to choose to support myself anymore? I'm already doing that. And that is where I would be looking at also, how is it that we're talking to ourselves? How is it that we are offering ourselves support in our language towards ourselves? This might seem like a small thing, but it's actually huge. It is actually huge because the reality is that our nervous system is 
receiving information from the internal state of our mind and the internal state of our body and from the things that it can sort of see and witness outside of ourselves, right? The environment that we're in. And so if we are in a constant state of self-flagellation, of self-shaming, of self-guilting, of self, you know, poo-pooing on ourselves all the time, that is going to make a big difference to how we feel. There's just no way around that, right? It's going to make a big difference because our our brain is interpreting that information or our nervous system is interpreting that information as a threat. And so we want to learn to be our own ally. And that doesn't necessarily come easily, right? It doesn't necessarily come naturally. Uh, on the episode that was released a few days ago, I had a guest, Laurie Curran, come in to talk about rest. And in our conversation, I sort of mentioned, mm, rest doesn't come easily to me. And then a little later in our conversation, we talked about the fact that a lot of these self-care, self-maintenance, self-kind things, actions, don't come naturally to most of us because they are not the way that we have been ingrained in our own culture. And so, you know, this self-kindness, this self-compassion, this choosing support over choosing to feel broken isn't without conscious effort and choice. And that is why for so many of us, cat's back to hit the keyboard again, that is why for so many of us it becomes something that we go, oh, well, I tried that, it didn't work. Beastly cat. I tried that, it didn't work because it was really hard, right? And my mind just kept going back to this other way of being. And that's where we have to have compassion even in that moment, right? Compassion for the fact that this is actually not easy. This is not a default. This is not something that you know, comes naturally. I'm I'm learning a new skill. And so when we choose to support ourselves, yes, we are going to be choosing to support ourselves through activities that we do, right? Behaviors that we engage in, because sometimes we need the evidence of the behavior and the actions before we will really believe that we're worthy of it. So that might be seeing the, the massage therapist, that might be committing to that daily movement habit. That might be um, choosing to support ourselves with 20 minutes of, of mindfulness every evening or whatever, right? Like I'm not going to sort of dictate what those, what those things have to look like. It can be anything. At the moment, I'm choosing to support myself in part by playing a weekly game of basketball, which is not very relaxing at all in the kind of uh, more accepted version of like what is relaxing. But to me, it forms a really significant piece of my self-care practices at the moment. Hasn't it, it hasn't always been that way. And it is also, you know, present alongside mindfulness and movement practices and and sort of those more softer, gentler things. So there is a huge sort of like laundry list of things that could constitute support for you. But what I want to really kind of drive home in this episode is that the, the actions are one piece. The way that we think about ourselves is the other. And allowing ourselves to, to meet ourselves with that kindness and that compassion and that patience is so significant. And no, it might not come naturally. No, it might not come easily, but it is worth persisting with. It is worth getting support for that element as well, right? Get a good therapist. Get somebody who will ask you the right questions to 
you know, get you to examine those beliefs and those values that underlie, you know, how it is that you're, you're viewing yourself because that self-kindness and compassion piece, I mean, I cannot overstate how important it is. Um, does it mean that we're going to be supporting ourselves with compassionate thoughts every minute of every day? No. It is a practice like anything else, like rest is a practice, like movement is a practice, like all of these things are practices. We will do it imperfectly and that is okay. But don't let the imperfect reality of it mean that you don't try. And what I mean by that, somebody messaged me the other day around this topic of self-compassion and self-kindness and sort of talking about the difference, I guess, between paying that idea lip service versus actually doing it. And the difference might be subtle, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I have compassion for myself in this moment, but we actually don't don't experience the feeling. Um, and we can conceptually understand that self-compassion and self-kindness is, is a valuable thing for us to engage in without having experienced it. And so- really working towards understanding how that feels. And I think that that's where this ability to be present in our own body is so valuable because then we start to recognize like, what does it feel like to be in my body when I'm experiencing self-compassion and self-kindness versus what do I feel in my body when I'm not doing that? When I'm offering myself the cruel inner voice, the, um, the meanness, the shame, the guilt, all of that stuff that that hints towards like you're not being kind because you might not hear the voice, right? Because it's so, it is your inner dialogue so much of the time, but what do you feel, right? And the opposite might be true. You might be like, I don't feel anything, but I can hear the voice. So checking in and noticing like, where are your, your hints? Where are the signals that say to you, hey, you've slipped out of self-compassion and we don't beat ourselves up in that moment, of course. We use that as, as like information and we're like, oh yeah, I have slipped out of self-compassion. How can I offer myself support in this moment through my thoughts and my actions? Yeah. Right. I'm going to leave it at that. I hope that that gives you some food for thought. As I said, everything that I offer here really is just like, what do you think? Right? Like take this, chew over it, see how it lands. Um, I, I, I went a little wild today and did not bring notes with me, which is always uh, a risky, risky idea. Um, so hopefully I've managed to, to thread those th- thoughts through with clarity for you. Um, if you've got questions, come and let me know. You can find me over on Instagram. I'm at Erica Webb underscore self kind. Um, over on Instagram, I asked the other day too in my stories, like as we're moving towards this very intense time of year, I'm a little bit of a Scrooge. Christmas is not my favorite time of year um, for lots of reasons, some of which I may get into. We'll see. Um, but I asked, you know, what do you need the most support with? Is it the physical I want to be able to maintain some sort of movement practice in this busy time, or is it the is it support with the emotional load, right, around the realities of, of what the holidays can mean for some? The cats come back. <laughs> He's determined to, like, step on some buttons, I think. And interestingly, in that poll, the thing that came back was people wanted support with their emotional load. And so we're going to do some episodes themed around that in coming weeks. Uh, I hear there's only, like, 
a very small number of weeks left until that that time of year. So we might even dive into it next week. We're going to we're going to do some episodes around managing that emotional load, but this is where I think it starts. I think it starts with recognizing that we choose how we're going to be in relationship with ourselves. And it's more than just a single choice, right? We make the choice over and over again and we make that choice um, referencing how how are we feeling in this moment? And I think that's going to be really important as we go into that, you know, potentially triggering or anxiety provoking uh, holiday season. I know that's not everyone though. I know that some people absolutely love it and and feel nothing but joy, you know, most of the time through the seasons. That might be you, which is awesome as well. So anyway, for reels, wrapping it up. Thank you so much for joining me, whether you are watching this over on YouTube, which again, just adds another layer of like, you know, stuff. (laughs) I'm being compassionate to myself in this moment as I'm like, you know, I haven't even, I honestly didn't even brush my hair. So it's one thing that doesn't get in the way for me is I'm not going to spend too much time doing stuff like that to make sure I like look really good for you. Um, but hopefully this episode has given you some food for thought. Uh, grateful for every single one of you for tuning in, whether I'm in your ears or in your eyes, and I will look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at ericaweb underscore selfkind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, ericaweb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.